0: Please pray with me. Oh, Father God, we come this evening celebrating the gift of Your Son. We come to behold the Lamb of God. We come to worship and adore You. So we ask that You would come with Your Spirit, the Spirit of Jesus, Your Son, our Savior, and fill this room with Your presence so that we can be filled with awe so we can celebrate the gift of gifts that You have given to us. The gift of Your Son that was born in the little town of Bethlehem. And in Him tonight, may He meet all of our hopes and all of our fears. May we receive great joy knowing that our Savior has come. And may You receive great glory. We pray this in Christ's powerful name. Amen. Please be seated. Before you do... Tell someone else around you, Merry Christmas, and greet one another with Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. Great to see you. Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. Well, it's here. It's a service that this pastor waits for all year long. Can't wait for it. Dream about it. Uh, just love this service. God has blessed us with an early service. So this is the priority crowd, obviously, the late crowd, those who are, uh, are here to celebrate. It is great to have you. Um, really, uh, I'm so excited about this service tonight And it's my hope and prayer that you will experience Emmanuel, God with us. That you will go home from here filled with joy, knowing that our God loves us. Loves us enough to come and to rescue us. Because it's tonight. Tonight, there are millions of people around the world that are going to celebrate. They're going to celebrate a mysterious appearance of a jolly man who has a very philanthropic heart. A jolly man named Nick, who is going to mysteriously appear and bring presents to mankind. Well, at least to those that are nice, to those men, women, and children that he deems nice. He's going to come and he's going to give gifts to them. What a guy. I mean, he really must love mankind if he's going to leave his home, which they tell us is in the remote parts of the poles of the earth. And to come and to give gifts to those, again, that he has checked his list. He's checked it twice. He wants to make sure to know who is naughty and who is nice. And for those of us who make the nice list, gifts will arrive. There's such a great news. we got a better story. There's a better story. There really is. I mean, Christmas is the story of all stories. It's the celebration of the greatest story, the greatest love, a love for God that was so much that He would give us the gift of gifts, the gift of His very own Son. And when we realize this gift, we realize that incredibly, God would give us this gift, not to those of us who were nice, but to those who were naughty. We looked at God's word, we realized that this gift that none of us deserve to receive, God would lavish a love upon us. And He would come to all of those of us who deserve to be on the naughty list, who have fallen short of God's glory, and give us the appearance of His own Son. The appearance of His Son as Savior to come and rescue us. That is the story we're celebrating. That is a story that is worth singing about. The gift of Jesus, our Savior. We've recently witnessed uh, the distance that one would travel to try to rescue a lost loved one. Because really, Christmas is this. It's a celebration that God would love us enough to travel not from a North Pole, but travel from heaven itself to leave his father's home, to travel an incredible distance to come and rescue us and to save us and to bring bring us to himself. We've watched in the last few weeks a tragic story unfold. This tragic story of one that many of us know, a professor at RTS, uh, president of Orlando, chapter of RTS, Orlando campus, Frank James. As he would leave central Florida to go to Oregon, to Mount Hood, to desperately look for his brother Kelly and two others who were on a, a mountain perishing in great peril. We have seen firsthand and anguished over a brother's love that would go such an incredible distance to rescue one that he loves, yet unsuccessfully. You see, Christmas is a celebration of a Savior who would call us brother. And He would come to us in peril to go to the remotest ends of the earth to find us. And it's a rescue attempt that won't fail. That every sheep that knows His name, every sheep that He knows our name will follow Him. It's an incredible story because God has appeared. Listen, God has appeared to bring us salvation and bring us home. And not only that, there's another appearance that is coming. So tonight, we're going to look to Paul. And Paul is going to tell us about this glorious appearance of Jesus our Savior. And if you've been with us this Advent season, you know that we've looked at Jesus, the light of the world that has come. It is Jesus who is the one who created the whole world. It is Jesus. He's the one that Isaiah promised would come in the womb of a virgin. It is Jesus Emmanuel that Matthew would talk about and give Him the name Jesus. Why? Because Jesus will save His people. He will appear to save us. And now we look to Paul, and Paul's going to tell us about this incredible appearing. And an appearing yet to come. So if you have your Bibles, turn with me to Titus chapter 2. God's Word will appear behind me on the screen as we look to maybe a not a familiar Christmas text, but a glorious Christmas text all the same. Let's read God's holy and errant Word together. Titus 2, I'm going to start reading in verse 11. For the grace of God has appeared, bringing salvation to all men instructing us to deny ungodliness and worldly desires and to live sensibly, righteously, and godly in this present age, but looking for the blessed hope and the appearing of the glory of our great God and Savior, Christ Jesus, who gave Himself for us to redeem us from every lawless deed and to purify for Himself a people for His own possession, zealous for good deeds. Now chapter 3, verse 4. But when the kindness of God our Savior and His love, His love for mankind appeared, He saved us. Not on the basis of deeds which we have done in righteousness, but according to His mercy by the washing of regeneration and renewing by the Holy Spirit, whom He poured out upon us richly through Jesus Christ our Savior, so that being justified by His grace, we would be made heirs according to the hope of eternal life. This, my brothers and sisters, is a trustworthy statement. And concerning these things, I want you to speak confidently so that those who have believed God will carefully engage in good deeds. These things are good and profitable for men. Let us pray. Oh, Father God, we thank You for the glorious appearing of Your Son. Because, Father, we were in darkness. And the darkness was so deep that we couldn't get out. And yet, You would so love us that You would come, Jesus. You would come as the light of the world and come and shine into our darkness to give us light and to give us life, to give us beauty, to give us meaning, to give us purpose, to give us a family, to be a part of Your own family. Oh, Father, we thank You that Emmanuel is with us. God is with us because Jesus has appeared fully God, fully man, to rescue us to redeem us, to claim us as your own. And tonight we celebrate your appearance. And we long for your second appearance because we're still broken. We're still undone. All our hopes haven't come true. All our fears haven't been met. So come. Come, Emmanuel. Speak. Your people are listening. Bring Yourself glory and give us joy. We pray in Christ's name. Amen. Tonight we stand in our place in history. And where we stand tonight in history is in between two appearances. An appearance that God would make in person, in flesh. God becoming one of us and dwelling among us. God being born in a manger. The infinite being an infant. Unbelievably, the Creator of the whole world comes to us. And He has appeared to us. And He has appeared to us to bring us salvation. We celebrate that reality that happened 2,000 years ago. A reality that caused angels to sing. A reality that would change all of history. A reality that would bring us life, meaning, and joy. That we truly can say, joy to the world. The Lord has come. He has come bringing salvation. He has appeared to us. And because He has appeared, we can have life and joy. He's appeared to us to teach us how to really live. And tonight we have hope. And tonight we do have joy. And yet, we still have longing. And we stand tonight in between a second appearing. An appearing that He will come in glory. The first appearing of God is the appearing of God's grace. That He would come in such a lowly manner that sinful men like me and you could come and behold the King of kings and Lord of lords because God was wrapped in flesh. What grace in God's first appearing because that grace brought us salvation. But the second appearing that's to come, and I'm not sure when, it could come at any moment, is not the appearing of grace so much, it's the appearing of glory. And He'll come back as King of kings and Lord of lords, not as a tiny infant. But He will come back as Emmanuel, God with us, to rule and reign over us. And to truly wipe away all our fears. To truly meet all of our hopes at that glorious appearing. But first, it's this grace of God that has appeared, bringing salvation to all men. And all men need it. We're ruined. We're lost by sin. God had to appear. If God didn't appear bringing salvation to us, we would have no hope, no joy. All we would know is darkness. All we would know is separation from Him. But by God's grace, He has appeared bringing salvation to His own. Listen to what Paul will say in 2 uh, Titus 2, 11. Is my voice irritating or what? Thank you for bearing with me. Just think about the next crew that's coming after this. There's no more crew. You guys have to suffer through this. Sorry. For the grace of God has appeared, bringing salvation to all men. Listen to how Paul says it in 3, verse 4. He says it this way. But when the kindness of God, our Savior, this is Jesus, fully God, fully man, but when the kindness, the, the goodness of God, our Savior, and His love for mankind appeared, What an incredible love for mankind did he have that he would appear. I mean, it's interesting. It says this, when the kindness of God, when the kindness of God and his love for mankind, and that love for mankind is the word we get, philanthropy. It's a love for man. Literally, it's a love for man. And it's a mystery why God would love us. Think about it. It really is. We've rebelled from him. I mean, we've run from him. We've sinned in his sight. And there's no one who has made the nice list. As a matter of fact, it's that word goodness, which is very interesting that he uses in 3.4. It's the same word that Paul uses in Romans 3.12 when he looks at mankind and he looks to see if there are any who are righteous, if there are any that are good, if there are any who have made the nice list. And it says this, there are none. Not one. Not one. Each one of us walks in darkness. Each one of us apart from Him does not know the kindness of God and does not show the kindness of God to others in His sight. And so this incredible grace, this incredible grace that would come and love us. You see, that is divine love. A love that God would have for sinners like He would love the world so much, John 3.16 would say, that He would send His only begotten Son that whosoever shall believe in Him shall not perish, but have everlasting life. That is grace. That is the appearing of love. And it's what... Paul would say in Romans 5.8, that God would demonstrate His own love for us. and listen to this. He would demonstrate this love that while we were still sinners, basically while we are on the naughty list, while we have no hope, while we were separated from God, what incredible love He has for man that He would come while we were sinners. And He would come bearing our flesh, bearing our blood, so that He can save us and rescue us from peril. You see, Christmas is the gift of salvation. It's the gift of a Savior. Christmas is the gift of Jesus. Look again at verse 14. Who gave Himself. Jesus who would give not just the gift of frankincense, gold, or myrrh. Jesus would give us the gift of all gifts. The greatest gift that anyone could give us. The gift of Himself. He would give us Himself for us to redeem us. To buy us back from bondage by shedding His precious blood from every lawless deed. And to purify for himself a people for his own possession, zealous to do good works. You see, he has come to set us free. He's come to be our Savior, to redeem us from every lawless deed, to purify us, to make us his own, to move us from the naughty list and the nice list. But here's an amazing thing. The Son did it for the Father. Alright, how many of you tomorrow are going to have presents under the tree that say, to Like dad from dad. Anybody here that pathetic? I'm the only one? All right. It's in the blood. It is my dad's favorite presents. Every year his favorite presents were the ones he gave himself. I mean, it's just like, all right, dad, I know what I wanted. I got it. There's no disappointment in this. It was to dad from dad. It fit. I liked it. It's right. It's perfect. Thank you very much. And every present he opened of ours, even his little kids, did you keep the receipt? (laughs) No, I lost it. Christmas is the celebration that Jesus would come to purchase us, to redeem us, to set us free. Listen, to bring us to the Father. He says, Father, you have set a love on these people. You've set an eternal love that won't change. And you've sent me to rescue them. And listen, I haven't lost one. I've come to seek and to save the lost. And there's not one sheep that got away. They heard my voice. They followed me. And now they're a gift to you. Church, Orangewood, our lives. Jesus presents us to the Father in all His glory. He says, they're yours to the Father from the Son. Because I love you. And oh, what great gifts we have that we are ushered into this incredible family. And we are made his. You see, he came not only to save us. It's so important. It's not just about the end of our lives that he rescues us and brings us to heaven, but he came to instruct us on how to truly live. Instructions are included in this gift. Paul will say it this way, He came to come and be Savior to all men, but also to instruct us how to live, to deny ungodliness, to turn away from that which won't really bring us life, and to teach us how to live soberly, to teach us how to live righteously, to teach us how to really live. You see, Jesus is a celebration of life, and life abundantly. It's a celebration that, yes, we'll have eternal life, but listen, it's a celebration that we can have life now. And He tells us how to live. He gives us His Word. He says, follow me, And you will have life and life abundantly. And one day you will see me face to face. You see, we live in this present age. We stand between these two appearances of God. And tonight we celebrate the mystery that He is here with us in spirit. Because He has appeared in Bethlehem bringing salvation. And then we can celebrate this unbelievable reality. You ready for this? He's here. He's here because He has appeared to come and rescue us. And He's here because we are His. And He has brought us salvation. Emmanuel, God with us. It's reality today because the grace, ha- the grace of God has appeared bringing to us salvation. But remember, we stand in history in between two appearings. There's an appearing of to come. An appearing of God's glory. The glory of God will appear bringing blessed hope and the end to all of our fears. Because we know the reality. No matter what presents we open tomorrow, no matter what family members are gathered around our tree, we will not have all of our hopes fulfilled. There will still be some hopes left lingering. You and I are still going to hope for more. There are still going to be some sorrows. There's going to still be some tears, even tonight. Even tonight, many of you feel it. Many of you come here celebrating the reality that we have a Savior, and yet knowing the pain of loss. The pain of suffering. Knowing that there's still darkness. Darkness in your family. Maybe a prodigal son who hasn't come home. Maybe a recent loss of a loved one. I look in your faces. I know your stories. I know the truth. That yes, our gracious God has appeared. He has brought salvation. But the song says, all of our fears... And all of our hopes are going to be met in Him tonight. Why aren't they? I mean, I still have more hopes. I still have other fears. And it's the grace of God that will continue to appear. And He will one day bring us an end to all of our fears. And truly meet all of our hopes. Again, it's that story of Frank James that's so compelling that he was willing to go literally to the other end of our country. And I'm sure willing to go to the other end of the earth. To rescue his brother. But he couldn't do it. His brother was still lost. His hopes of rescuing his brother perished on a frozen, hostile mountain. But I love what he said. I loved, even after they rescued Kelly or they brought him back, uh, unfortunately not alive. But there was Frank James. He says, you know, I feel like I still have some brothers on that mountain. There's still a job of rescue that we have to go and do. That's it. That's the Christmas story. I mean, it's it's a story that we are rescued and we have been given salvation, instructions to live. But now we long for the blessed hope of His appearing. And now we are the light of the world. Now we are the ones called to go and to look for those who need rescue. That's who we are, Christian. We now are the light of the world to go to the remote parts of the earth or across the street. To look for those who are perishing. Those who don't have this light. And to reflect His light to a dying world. We now are called to prepare this world for the coming King. Joy the world. The Lord has come. So we need to prepare the the, the earth for the returning of this King. Because when He comes again, He's going to come back glorious. He's going to come back to reign in the rule. And God is calling us to prepare the hearts of others. To prepare this earth for the arrival, the appearance, the second glorious appearance of God, Christ our Savior. we got to make sure that our world is ready, that our friends are ready, that our neighbors are ready to receive the King. We must now prepare for His return. Because right now, because of Christmas, because of who we are in, in Christ and His redemption, the light of the world has come. And now, we are the A-Plan. We are the light of the world. Now, we must go looking for our brothers and sisters who are in peril. We must now go and engage in good works in rescuing this world, presenting to them the gift of all gifts, the gift of Jesus, the Savior of the world. The Christmas story, an incredible story of love incarnate, love divine. Has it captivated your heart? Has it changed your life from the inside out? If it has, and you know the joy of this incredible Savior, you can sing joy of the world. Now we must go because we represent Him. Now we must go and look for our lost brothers. Now we must be the light of the world because there's a world that's perishing and it will perish in darkness without Him. And we must go in the manner He sent us and the manner that He came, He came humbly. He came leading in love. He came bearing gifts. He came to those who didn't deserve it. And that now we say, now make our lives that. We want to make our life a prayer to you. We want, we want to be a witness to you. Come and use us as the same way you have come into this world. And let our lives be a prayer. Let our lives tell your story to a world that desperately needs to hear it.